0: This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. So here we are, a couple of days after the Uvalde, Texas situation. I hesitate to call it a situation. It was a massive murder. I have literally had to turn off the TV and stop reading any reports on that and going online. Today on Safety Wars, a path forward from one of the worst days. 21 people dead, 19 fourth graders, two adults, presumably the teacher and the assistant teacher or whatever the appropriate title is. The feelings that I have, I imagine like everybody else here in the country, despair, depression, shock, and that doesn't even accurately or adequately describe what I'm feeling. I did not include my usual introduction uh, here one of the things that we talk about in our introduction is the safety of communities and at safety wars is extremely important to us as a matter of fact my previous company focused on disaster preparation and disaster response so how do we react what do we do the question we struggle with is this and it still is what this is what the main question is it's at the beginning of every one of our safety training sessions what is safety I usually use this as a gauge to see where culturally the class is at, as far as their corporate culture. And then we try to bring them around so they can learn new things. Most people is zero. Safety is zero accidents, zero illnesses, zero incidents, zero releases, zero what have you. For our children, we better revert to this old definition. With where it's acceptable to have zero children hurt or zero anybody hurt in a school. We try to steer people towards the new definition of safety, which is up for some debate, but we're talking about increasing capacity, resilience, your ability to do stuff to protect, safeguards, controls, doing things to make things safer, and we realize that we're never going back to zero. We'll talk about that. Uh, in a minute here. That's a nice goal, what we try to do, but it's really not possible usually, but we're going to talk about that in a minute. Todd Conklin and his recent book, When the Worst Accidents Happen, specifically deals with how to communicate with these situations. There are three things that you have to communicate. One, this is what we know. Number two, uh, this is what we don't know. And three, this is what we're going to try to find out about. The news media has been doing a great job covering this story, unlike some of the other ones. Columbine, Sandy Hook, which is not too far away from where I live. Some people in my community had family members in uh, Sandy Hook that were impacted by this. There's not been a lot of speculation like with other tragedies, which, no, speculation and not giving out, and giving out information that's, going to be contradicted later on causes conspiracy theories, and there's many of them at this point on this, but it doesn't seem to be as bad as with other ones. What do we need to do? We need to wait for the final reports to find out exactly what happened here before we comment on them. Speculation is not a good thing. Information, Bad information leads to bad policy decisions, but we can make some policy decisions right now based on the current information, which is not likely going to be changed. What we know is that a weapon was purchased by an 18-year-old. I don't even want to say person. At this point, the personification of evil and the Antichrist, maybe, would be better suited to this person. Number two, people are screaming about the mentally ill having no access to weapons. I think we could all agree on that. But I was listening to more than one psychologist that made the point that most of these people, these shooters, are not mentally ill in all likelihood. Do they have massive personality disorders? Absolutely. Anyone who I've spoken to or have read or have heard on interviews has said that. Mental illness? We likely haven't met any of the legal definitions for that. This is what the facts are. We have guns in the United States. The ballistics on assault weapons, pretty much the same as on your regular hunting rifles with the same caliber. What's the difference? They're semi-automatic, meaning one shot, one pull of the trigger is one shot. High, uh, high capacity magazines, uh, in my state we're not allowed to have over seven, and that's New York, but as we know, you could go to other states, and there are a lot of magazines out there. Uh, that have this because firearms are normally regulated on the state level for the most part. But, and this is where the debate is. And I don't think that we're going to move anywhere on this debate because you're going to have one side screaming for one thing, one side screaming for another. And I fear that nothing's going to happen here. We get caught up in the issue of tension cycle where everybody thinks that this has been resolved. And because it's been resolved and you don't hear about it, Then it's a shocker when the next situation happens and nothing was resolved so any of the proposals that are out there likely will not prevent the next situation like this so what do we do we keep enacting other stronger laws and everything else we're not going anywhere with this but let's consider some of the other things that are going on here nothing happens in a bubble sure We, we stronger laws are probably needed and know how they can be crafted so they meet constitutional muster and everything. That's all up for the attorneys, but we're safety professionals here. What are we talking about? Safer schools means other safeguards here. What do we do? I I have a whole list here, and I know that there is more because there's more coming out every day. Hardening of the structures of the schools, making them more impenetrable Following procedures, but on the other hand, that's more like blaming the victim, but we have to make sure that there are procedures in place, people follow the procedures, and more importantly, set up the areas so you can't help but follow the procedures. So there's an incentive of following procedures. Automatic locking doors would be one procedure, then you don't have to worry about people locking them every time closed circuit tvs inside the school security cameras so law enforcement and everybody else has a better idea of what's going on and they're the relevant people we need left of the bang thinking where we have prevention we have counseling for these students maybe red flag laws that are for these students or these uh, people under 18. now how do we manage them that's an, a question for law enforcement, and a question for psychologists. But again, going into all of this stuff, you have to add more and more controls, more and more situations. And as one of my cousins correctly pointed out after Columbine, my cousin Susan, teachers are meant to teach, not necessarily to defend. So how appropriate is it for a teacher with little or no training, maybe a psychological moxie, to have a weapon in class may not work just it may not work in this situation because again teachers teach not defend uh, having police officers or other law enforcement in the schools may be a great thing but then you have to remember you have to have you have uh, you have to manage those folks You can't just have one, you need to have two. Now you have to have more and more law enforcement in there. A lot of parents are uncomfortable with that. A lot of people are uncomfortable with that. Where was I? uh, Where am I going with this? You add controls and prevention is the key. But I'm going to come up with one more here. I don't think anyone's mentioned this anywhere, anywhere. OSHA. Occupational Safety and Health Administration has a general duty clause which says that you have a right to a safe and healthful workplace and they regulate private entities. Right? Private entities. What about public employees and teachers specifically? Are they covered by OSHA? The Occupational Safety and Health Act says that the different agencies are required to protect their workers. But as we found out during COVID, they did a really... The states that had their own public employee, OSHA sorts sort of things, I'm familiar with New York and New Jersey, they really did not even protect their workers that they were charged to protect on here. I hear, outside of COVID, I hear nightmare stories from teachers where they're getting beaten up, they're getting exposed to mold, uh, they're, they had uh, the indoor air quality issues, science teachers with uh, fume hoods not working, New Jersey right to know inventory uh, situations when I used to do that many, many years ago with the school districts, all these things that we treat our teachers horribly with this. So what am I saying? I'm proposing that we put the government agencies starting out with the schools under the protection of OSHA, under the jurisdiction of OSHA, and we expand OSHA to reflect that. Because right now, right at that point, we would probably be putting in place maybe 200,000 plus schools that would uh, be the or workplaces that would be the jurisdiction of OSHA. Maybe that's where we need to go is start to do that. I think, it, and with my political experience, I think that would ring very well uh, here. The reason being is that one of the uh, uh, complaints that we always heard in the 1990s and 2000s was that government does not have to comply with their own law. And there are numerous statistics I could cite which this, where this has had led to ish, issues, led to problems. So, that's what I'm saying. Give them more protections. You protect the teachers. Think about it. You protect the teachers. By extension, you're also protecting the students. You're not exposing the students to... Whatever the workplace hazards are, like noise, like uh, uh, noise like in shop classes, like uh, chemical exposures in science classes, like indoor air quality uh, issues all over the place. And also with this, just some thoughts for you. Giving teachers the same rights as everybody else to a safe and healthful workplace and having an effective way of delivering that might be the way to go. And again, there is no magic wand where one of these proposals is going to fix the problem. I don't see this problem being fixed at all without some very creative solutions here at a point. No, this is totally unacceptable that we have had two mass shootings in the last three weeks, high profile, one in Buffalo and one here at the school. And nothing is happening here on this and the government still can't work together maybe your local schools and your local communities could be held accountable here for making sure things are going the way they're supposed to and let's remember a lot of our school districts are really good what i belong to now the Clarkstown central school district where my children attend they've taken a very proactive role in everything here as far as behavioral issues as far as security and everything else however other school districts I can name that are even in here locally to me not so much so what do we do? I hope you enjoyed your Memorial Day weekend you commemorated the lives given by our military and armed forces but let's make sure that we're deserving of those sacrifices and protect our children. For Safety Wars, this is Jim Polzel.